If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, this is KT Thomas from KT's Money Matters. Welcome back. So I have been a financial advisor for 27 years. And during that time, when I began, women were about 10% of the entire industry. And at one point, women peaked to about 20%, but now it's fallen back to 17%. You kind of got to wonder, are women worse at money than men? Are women worse financial advisors than men? Or is our industry just still so prohibitive to starting a business that women go work for somebody else? Because frankly, it's kind of hard to be a financial advisor and build a business while you're trying to have a family. But it always leads me back to that basic question. What's the difference between women and men and how they make financial decisions? And frankly, who's better at it? So we'll talk about that after the break today. Who is better at money? women or men, and why. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Thanks for staying in through the break. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear them. And you can get them on the KT's Money Matters website. You can just send me a little note and I'll be happy to address it. Part of what I look for is things that I think are going to energize people and keep them interested. So if you have some topics or ideas that you'd like to hear about in a future show, please feel free to share that. So who does a better job, women or men? You kind of got to know that if it were men, I might not have picked this topic. You know, be it a woman. Or so says Fidelity Investments. They recently did a survey looking at the way women make financial decisions versus men performance of accounts for women versus men, how they're being managed. And, and, and basically, they've decided that women are better at this than men. And they have a few reasons why. I thought this was really interesting. So first, women tend to own their mistakes. This is really important because you know what? If you're an investor for a long time, you're going to make some mistakes. In fact, I always say to my clients that I want to be right seven out of 10 times. And when I'm wrong, I want to try to be not really, 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 really wrong. Right. So I don't want to be the person that threw all the money in the market after the market fell 20%, only to have the market fall another 20%. 
I don't want to be the person that buys an asset category after it's gone up 50% the year before because it's so hot and everybody's in it. Because usually if it's gone up 50%, it's probably not going up another 50%, but it's so tempting to think you got to get in there. Women tend to be a little bit more pragmatic about investments, and that really works out well over the long time. They also tend to be a little less impulsive about selling when they're afraid. Now, I got to tell you, this goes against what I thought. But men tend to be a little bit more emotional about buying and selling, and they tend to have what behavioral finance specialists call overconfidence. They like to make a quick decision and go with it. Well, KT, why is that bad? Well, there have been a million studies about this, but basically what it boils down to is even though our first guess, we think, people say it all the time, my first guess is probably the right guess. Actually, that's not statistically true. First guess is not typically the right guess. In fact, the first guess is usually the one that we're just most passionate about because we're most emotionally attached to it. Why are we attached to it? Because it really came out of that emotional side of our brain. In fact, the cognitive reasoning side of our brain hasn't even gotten out of bed yet before our emotional brain has already made a decision. So we like our first guess because we are more attached to our first guess emotionally, not because it's actually a better guess. Women tend to be a little bit more willing to wait and think about it a little bit before pulling the trigger. Men tend to pull the trigger more quickly. They feel more confident because they pull the trigger more quickly, like they know how to make a decision, but it actually didn't make them more money. Sometimes you have to be willing to wait. And I got to tell you, I've been in the money business a long time. Waiting is not that easy. Not taking action when it feels like you see a trend evolving or when emotions are running hard is really hard for anyone. It's even really hard for a professional. But here's what I'll say to you. If you have a professional that can't manage to not sell when they get nervous, you could do that all by yourself. So women tend to wait a little longer, be a little bit more pragmatic, not also not quite as quick to jump in. So on the buy side, they also don't see the hot idea and jump in. Every once in a while, you know, they'll miss the train because they were waiting to think about it. But that is usually outweighed by the other side of it, because the impulse on the sell side is always more expensive than the impulse of not buying quick enough. Now, this is really important because women are managing a growing number of assets in America now, something like 14 trillion now. However, given the fact that men and women still have different life expectancies, we could expect women to control as much as 67 or $80 trillion worth of assets just in the next 10 or 15 years. So it's good that women are good at it because they're going to have to do more of it later on. More will have to do more. You know, they came out with some other interesting statistics, which, you know, I think most people fundamentally understand, but why is it important for women to be good at money? It's important because 80% of women will die alone, widowed or single, but 80% of men will die married. It's significantly easier to make financial decisions together 
than it is to make them alone. Anybody that's ever been married understands that statement because you can sound things off each other. The two of you together kind of have a track to run on. Even though women make better financial decisions than men, the reality is couples make better financial decisions than anyone because they have each other and they can kind of sound each other off. So the one that's a little bit too conservative can be kind of moved over a little bit. And the one that's, you know, out there buying Bitcoin on their phone can be pulled back a little bit and somewhere and together they can make good holistic financial decisions that move them forward. But what we know is women are going to be in a bigger position to make those decisions alone just because of life expectancy. So now that we know that women make better financial decisions than men more often, how do we use this? How do men use this? So one of the things I would say to you is that the things that make women better financial decision makers are all about speed. It's all about the willingness to get past the emotion. So it's about slowing down when you want to go fast. I personally think that's really hard. I've instituted what I call the 24-hour rule to help me with that. So what's the 24-hour rule? Just like what it sounds like. If I'm highly emotional about something, whether it's about an investment or a relationship or a big decision I'm trying to make, no matter what it is, if I'm emotional about it, I agree to give myself 24 hours. Not 24 days. Not years. I'm not kicking that can down the road forever. I'm going to give myself 24 hours to make sure I still feel this same way tomorrow. Because emotions run high and low. And it's important to allow yourself to have these kinds of disciplines that help you. So if you're out there buying your own individual stocks or ETFs or mutual funds or all of the above or cryptocurrency or whatever, Sometimes you feel like you're supposed to move quickly. It's flashing across the TV at home. It's flashing across the computer screen. You can check your stocks on your phone. Oh my God, what happened today? Should I do something? And most of the time the answer is no, you shouldn't. But it seems like you should. And in that minute, you're liable to make a decision that actually hurts you. Too many of those decisions, and it affects your long-term portfolio performance. Usually, they're not on the front side. It's not, I'm so excited I should go buy this thing right now. It's usually on the fear side. Fear is a much bigger emotion than opportunity or excitement. Fear is, fear is fear. I mean, it's caveman stuff. So when we want to sell, when we want to pull the trigger, when we're really afraid, what you want to try to do is buy yourself 24 hours to make sure that you really believe this. So the 24-hour rule. The other thing you might want is somebody that you talk to, whether it's a financial professional or it's a relative or it's a good friend. It's somebody that you can kind of have a talk me off the ledge conversation with. That will help you bring those things to your investing style that maybe you don't currently have yourself. I've been getting lots of questions around things about stocks and different parts about the market. So what I've decided to do is add that in some future shows. So I have some upcoming shows on things like understanding options and how you might use them and then stock picking to try to round out what we offer. But I'd love to hear from you. 
So if you have a moment and you could shoot me an idea about what you'd like to hear on a future show, I would really appreciate that. It would help me make sure that I'm driving this show in the direction that you, the Money Matters community, wants. So you would go to the ktsmoneymatters.com website and shoot me a question. Or if you're on iTunes or any of those places where you listen to your podcast, there'll be places for you to put comments. And if you want to do it there, you can do it there as well. I would be super grateful to get that information. I want to make this show powerful and interesting to you. And so I need your help to help me figure out exactly what you want to hear next. So until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.